Welcome to the podcast series on sexual health for seniors with Dr. Sue and Fran Carl. This podcast series is based on conversations with seniors about sexual health, sexual desire and related matters. In this session, we will be continuing our discussion of Emma and her relationships. This is part two of Emma's story. Welcome, Fran. Hello again, Dr. Sue. I can't wait to hear more about Emma. Once again, as I mentioned (laughs) in the previous podcast, the issues that you've highlighted in the series resonate with me personally and I'm sure many of the audience. One of the big bangers, I use that term quite loosely, (laughs) the big bangers that hit me in reading Emma's story part two was to look at whether being needy fits with the idea of the mature relationships that I have in my mind. Mm. And searching for answers outside yourself. Mm. Those were really powerful when I've, I was reading and I said, wow, oh. Yes. So I'm really happy that those sort of concepts are generating thoughts within me and I'm hoping that that's going to be one of the big bangers that's going to happen for our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fran. All right, anyway, back to today's topic. You're with Dr Sue and Fran Carl and we're talking about sexual desire in older age and this session's narrative is about sexual desire from an older person's perspective and our focus this week is part two of Emma's narrative. Just to briefly recap... Emma was aged 68 years, had been twice divorced and had lived alone for several years, although she had had a few relationships after her second divorce. You can catch up with part one of Emma's story if you missed it the first time. Here is part two of Emma's story. Emma reflected on her experiences by declaring, There is a lot of emotion tied up in a relationship because like when you were living with a man and you think you had intimacy, that you had love, that all the fantasy of what we believed at that time then you're rudely shown that that man had absolutely no feelings for you and you are not important to him. I think in females we are still looking for that thing, that fantasy, that man that's going to protect us, that is going to care about us no matter how gross we look. We are still out there looking for whatever emptiness is inside, looking to fill it from there, and the truth is it will never come from there, ever. Emma had lost confidence. Emma reflected that it was not until later in life that she felt that she had matured and was able to cope with life. Over the years, she developed her own coping mechanisms. Prior to that realisation, Emma said, I felt like I was on a boat in the middle of the ocean and I had no steering and I was just floating in that direction and I had absolutely no control over it. And what I wanted was the control and the knowledge that I could actually cope myself. As an older woman, Emma found her steering and gained control over her life. She had returned to the workforce when she was in her mid-40s. By the time she left her second husband when she was 56 years of age, Emma had achieved financial independence. Her determination to manage on her own was sustained by an earlier memory. One time a friend said to me, what would it be like if you left your husband? What would it be like? All of a sudden I got this picture and what it was was a big corridor and there were doors on either side, all the way along. And at the end, there were double doors, which led to the outside. And so I started walking along this corridor, and I am walking along, and I'm throwing this door open, and I'm throwing that door open, and the sunlight is coming in, and breeze, and it's just beautiful. Every door I opened was just glorious. And I walked in, and I opened these two doors, and I walked onto like a deck, and it it overlooked a valley, and the sun was shining, and the birds were singing. 
It was fantastic and I thought, if I leave him, this is what it's going to be like. It's going to be so good. Everything is going to be right and it was. As soon as I left him, it was like boom, boom, boom. Everything just fell into place. Like it was all set up beforehand and my mind must have known everything is going to be right. Later, after she was confident with her own life but a little lonely... Emma decided to explore the internet. On one occasion, she flew interstate to stay with a man that she had met online and while there were fortunately no issues regarding her safety, they simply did not gel and by mutual agreement decided not to meet again. Emma said, In the end, what I did that has worked really well for me is I use a vibrator. I found I don't feel a need for a man in my life while I'm using the vibrator. I think for a woman... A lot of your sexuality is in your imagination. I use it probably three or four times a week, and particularly if I want to go to sleep. The vibrator started life as an innocent implement. It was a shoulder massager that was given to Emma as a remedy for arthritic pain, but she soon discovered the versatility contained in the device and put it to good use. Emma found that her sexual desire could be fulfilled. An added bonus to Emma was the knowledge that if the massager was found after her death, No one would realise its actual youth. Her dignity was preserved. Emma's perceptions about herself and about her sexual life had changed in older age. I don't feel that there is anything a man can offer me. I mean, what if Mr Wright was standing there? What could he offer me that I haven't got? I have financial security and he is not going to make me feel safe. Really, what can he offer me? Like I have to be able to say to him, I don't want you to stay overnight. So I would be an awful hard person to get close to now, really. I have had a lot of women say to me, oh, you know, I wish I had a man to go out with. Oh, it would be so nice if we could do this and that kind of thing sitting at the movies. And they say, I haven't got anybody like that. But I don't crave any of that anymore. I think a lot of my problems were due to my own neediness and looking for answers from the outside and negative bonding with people. I also think that sometimes relationships have a use-by date. Yes. So, Fran, what do you think about that? We talked about loneliness in past podcast sessions. Yes, we have. Yeah. So, um, so yes, and the friends of Emma mentioned, you know, oh, I wish I had, wish I had someone to go out with and stuff. And I probably have said that myself, maybe in the, the earlier podcast. But there's a difference, I suppose, in looking for company because it's a a fine thing to do, a happy thing to do, or trying to, to fill a sense of loneliness and you simply must have that person, otherwise you're not fulfilled. Mm. That was the sort of the feeling that I got from that. I'm really, really astounded, I suppose, by Emma getting to this point saying, I don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't need them at all. I've got everything I need yeah. and I can't see myself getting to that point. But she's perfectly happy. Obviously, I don't want to trivialise the insights that Emma is giving us in terms of that feeling of neediness and that feeling of looking for answers outside yourself when she's saying they're really inside, Mm. you know, myself or, you know, yourself. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, Mm. yeah, that that neediness that she Mm. was talking about. And how many of us stay in relationships because we're frightened Mm. of what it might might be like. What the other side looks like. That's right. Mm. And I guess that's the other powerful thing, really powerful thing that stood out as I was reading um, Mm. Emma's words, that the fear, you have to face that fear. Hey, obviously I'm not here um, championing the cause of breaking up marriages and all that (laughs) sort of thing, not at all. But I do think that that's the one point that I took from reading out that was she had to look outside and she's saying you need to look outside. Mm. That's something that, that's a step Mm. you need to take. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean, and the other thing was, you know, for example, with the massager, it came to her as a gift. Yes. So it wasn't something that she had to she, go yes. and purchase. <laughs> Very good point. So it was kind uh, of easier for her in that regard That's as well. right. So, you know, going down to adult chaos, I don't know, I'd have to dress in a, a trench coat with a hat, I think, I know. <laughs> Dr. Sue. It's, it's funny, I remember when my son was a teenager and yes. he was going on his first outing with a girl. <laughs> and I tell you what, in those days there was no condoms in the supermarkets. And, but <laughs> no. I was at the chemist like a shot and I was asking over the counter, which nowadays I probably would... You know, I wouldn't. I'd be too embarrassed to do that. But because yep. I was, it was for my son. I was like a tiger. You know, <laughs> get, get whatever he needed. Yes. And I think that might be a, a problem for a lot of women as well. Although you can order things online. Online, now. exactly, and they come in brown paper bags. I've been told. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it is a lot easier than having to go and confront up to a chemist and buy yes. a vibrator, for example. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and asking the questions, and I'm hoping that there'd be a drop-down boxes, you know, menus yeah. on the, the website that say size or colour or I don't, I don't know. Yes, that's <laughs> um, right. Yeah, the, the whole idea of online makes it much less confronting. Yes. yes. Look, there was another point to Emma's story that I, I must admit I did leave out of the written story, but uh, she did tell me that she took that big bed with her her when she left the marriage and to her that became her ocean like her island Mm. in her bedroom and that was hers yes and it it really and as I said in the previous podcast Mm -hmm. it was a a symbol it it had a different meaning for her whereas before within the relationship they'd been on each side of the bed and she Mm -hmm. saw her side his side and yes you know there was that distance there Mm -hmm. but once she had control of her bed if you like yes then it kind of matched the control of her life Mm. and it became her sanctuary yeah, in her new home, you know. Wow. Yeah, yes. it had a different meaning altogether. Altogether. Uh, I think if it was me that was leaving a relationship, I'd, I'd probably want to leave the bed behind. Yeah. I don't, yeah, and not yep. not take it. But she had gained a different persona, mm. the bed. Yes. <laughs> so, the, I mean, she, was the, she had her hand on the tiller of that bed <laughs> yes, that became the boat, you know. She right. was able to steer it. <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> yes. That's magic. Yeah. And the other thing, though, with Emma's story is the fact that she was only 68. Mm. And, yeah, that's a young, older age. Yes. Yes, so she, you know, that might be where she felt at the moment that she had no need of men. Mm. But how long would that continue for, you know, whether that would go on and on and after a while loneliness would become a part of her life as well. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And Mm. and we've sort of talked about that in, and you've Mm. just mentioned it in terms of loneliness. And I would hope that loneliness isn't an inevitable bit of Mm. becoming a senior. Mm. Sadly, I think it can be. Yes. That there is that loneliness aspect to being of a certain age, past a certain age, yeah. where you're not able to do all the things that you used to do as a, as a mm. younger person. And that loneliness, I wouldn't like to think it's inevitable, but it is very prevalent, isn't and it? And it's sad too. Uh, mm. Yes, it is. I think too it's sad that we do put age in terms of numbers. And I remember, mm. I think you said something about turning 60. Yes. And then you started to feel as if you were getting into the older age bracket. But I remember reading in the newspapers mm-hmm. uh, something about an elderly woman was hit by a car, for example. And I think it was something like that. Yes. And then it said that she was 62. And I thought, they're calling a 62-year-old woman elderly. elderly. Hang it, on. It was published. It was yes. in the paper. Wow. And wow. Uh, I might have been around that age at the time and I think, mm. wow, I don't feel elderly. No. You know, but I've been labelled elderly. Mm, by mm. the numbers, yeah. just by the numbers. Yeah, yeah exactly. so that's we've digressed off Emma's story yes. there, but just the same. Important, <laughs> still important. <laughs> yes. So you've been listening to Dr. Sue and Fran Carl, and we've been talking about sexual desire in older age. 
The focus this week was on part two of Emma's story and how she gained control over her sexual life and her bed. Next (laughs) week, we'll have another story of the experience of sexuality and sexual desire in older age. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Dr. Sue.